This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby show. Well, the big issue for Iowa, and we saw it in the exit polls last night for New Hampshire. It is border, 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 and the crisis at the border and the migrant crisis making every city a border city. Just a little bit ago, New York City Mayor Eric Adams was out there in his state of the city address. And one of the things that he was touting was success in dealing with the migrant crisis. I'm thinking, really? Uh, I don't think I'd put that in the list. He's also talking about more regulations for e-bikes, real results on crime. I don't think anybody who walks down the street of New York feels safe. Uh, So he clearly is putting on some rosy colored glasses. And anybody who walks down the streets in the Big Apple or any big city across America, or even small cities, you see the migrant crisis. It is busting at the seams. And that was a huge issue last night in the New Hampshire primaries because they're worried about the northern border. There have been more people on the terrorist watch list crossing through the northern border than the southern border because there's a lot of focus on the southern border, but the northern border is also having the same issues, same policies, same Biden administration open border agenda. And last few hours, we heard from this activist in Chicago. And this was really interesting because Chicago is dealing with such a huge number of migrants, too, as well. It's an enormous problem there in Chicago as well. And we've seen images of a number of them sort of setting up a migrant camp at the airport at Chicago's O'Hare Airport has become sort of like the latest migrant shelter because guess what? They don't know where they can put them. And a number of African-American citizens in Chicago are starting to sue the city, saying they feel like they are becoming number twos to migrant. In other words, that they're getting passed over the, you know, African-American community saying we would like to have some of these things like a free hotel room or free food or free this, free health care. Why are we not getting it? And why are you giving taxpayer money to migrants first? It is a legitimate question that they should be asking. It's a legitimate question that everybody, I think, should be asking. Is that how you want taxpayer dollars spent? Is that the agenda? And they're saying this is not appropriate. So listen to this guy. He is Andre Smith. He's the CEO of Chicago Against Violence. And if you hear what he describes of going on in Chicago, it's very similar to what happened in New York. Remember when they moved the migrants from Floyd Bennett Field, put them in the high school, and then they moved the students out. 
uh, kind of putting our students in the back seat. Here is uh, Andre Smith there in Chicago talking about what they're experiencing there as well. Well, in the community that I was born in, which is called Woodlawn, uh, in the city of Chicago, I um, did get arrested. I, I, I heard that they were bringing the migrants in on a bus, CTA bus, that was paid by the taxpayers' money. And on the top of the bus, it said, my kind of town. So I stood in front of the bus, and I refused for the illegal migrants to get into um, the Wadsworth School, the school in our community that, you know, our kids went to, you know. But now they um, was told that they cannot go to the schools because of lack of funding, and a lot of schools closed because of lack of funding. And how do you think those children feel now that they're driving past or walking past the schools that they was rejected from, now migrants are living in? It is an insult, and it's an issue that is happening across the country. And wait till you hear this one. This is a city councilman in Illinois. It's in Naperville, Illinois. It is right outside. It's a very wealthy suburb outside of Chicago. And he said, you know what? Maybe it's time for liberals. And he sort of threw it out there. Uh, What I understand is it was more of a challenge to liberals who say, come one, come all. Uh, just like they did in New York and in Chicago. And now they're wondering, hey, why did they come here? Uh, Maybe because you advertised it and you put a big old neon sign. And he's saying it's time for these residents who say everybody's welcome to maybe welcome them in their own homes. Listen to what he says should happen to the illegal migrants in that community. I do know that there's a lot of people that do care. And I I think we live in a compassionate community. Um, so, you know, before we go down the road of, you know, doing what, you know, following suit on some of these other cities are taking action on, um, you know, my, my idea would be let's, let's find out. Let's find out who's willing to help, you know. So, you know, we do hear from constituents on both sides of this. What are we going to do to preemptively stop this? And then we hear from people that tell us we should do more. So, you know, we do have a, a, a very affluent community, a lot of big homes, and um, what I'd like to do is direct staff to create a sign-up sheet. So, you know, for individuals that would be willing to house migrant families. Um, and if there's people that would do that, God bless them. Um, so if we could raise, raise awareness in that way, um, I think we need to find out. I think we need to find out who would be willing to house migrant families. And... Uh, so that, that would be my new business. I'm, I'd be looking for, you know, support from, from the dais. Any questions, discussion, happy to have that. <laughs> Can you believe that? Uh, come one, come all. Uh, let's get a show of hands here. Who wants to put an illegal migrant that hasn't been vetted? You have no idea who he is or she in your home. You have no idea if they have a criminal record, uh, you know, what their health history is. Don't worry about it, but let's just bring them in where Johnny and Susie are hanging out and having dinner. Uh, I think it's an interesting point. Come one, come all. You say you're uh, the open opportunity place. Let's see the show of hands. How many people do you think actually in that community or any community really would offer that? It's hysterical, but it shows how desperate they are. And I think how naive so many people have been to say, come one, come all. Uh, You know, don't worry about it. 
And then when reality seeps in, it's like uh, nobody raises their hand. Let's go to Susan in upstate New York, line five. Susan, your thoughts? Um, I just don't know. Is this like the twilight zone? Because um, I know when my own grandparents um, came through Ellis Island, that they were tested and they had to have a sponsor. Otherwise, they, and that was in 1916. They came from a communist country. And luckily, they had a sponsor. Um, even though my grandfather, um, where he worked, was a um, steel factory, and he ended up dying of black lungs disease. But he wanted his family into a country where we would not be oppressed. Um, and so I, th- this is just like, who's going to open up their house to- why just open your door then and let anyone in the public just walk in, okay? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, isn't it the most preposterous? I agree with you. It's like saying, um, hey, listen, I just bought a new car. Hey, stranger, you want the key? Uh, don't worry about it. I'll trust you. You're going to bring it back, right? I mean, I mean, it is. It is such a crazy proposition, but it also shows where we have come that that he thinks he can sort of throw it out there. And get reaction from people. And and it really does kind of put people, there, put their money where their mouth is. Because how about when all of those migrants, you know what I was thinking of, Susan, as he was talking? I was thinking of how many, you know, how many times has like, you know, former President Obama and all these other people gone after Trump or others for saying, oh, you're not welcoming. You're not this. You're not that. And then that busload, remember, it was one busload mm-hmm. of illegal migrants that showed up in Martha's Vineyard where Obama lives and has a <laughs> huge property. And they stayed, I think it was like 24 hours. Remember, they got them off that island faster than anything I've ever seen. So that's how it, it's like rules for thee, but not for me, you know? It, well, besides that, where we have sovereignty. People can come in. We can have legal immigration. We can have immigration based on what our needs are because it's not for the rest of the country. It's for what our country needs to have, you know, the expanding population. So it's all been twisted. And now we have hundreds of thousands of uh, from 120 countries of of single uh, military-aged men coming in, including tens of thousands of Chinese uh, nationalists, and even our own FBI uh, head, uh, the, God bless them, said, oh, there's never been so much threat to the country, but they're not closing the border. They're letting it wide open, and that's why we need Donald Trump. Yeah, do we need a change ever? By the way, um, I do have to correct you on one thing, Susan. You said thousands. It's millions. I mean, which yeah. is even scarier. You know, it's like like yeah, you look at the numbers. I just saw a number today, and they said since October, there have been over 100,000, quote, gotaways. Uh, and that's like sort of their start of their fiscal year, end of October. 
And these gotaways are the ones that we have no idea who they are. We have no clue. We have, you know, it's like you see like a little blip on the radar. They don't even have any encounter with border control. They're just folks that we've seen like the dots and they know that X amount came through. They said that totals about 800 a day. And that to me is so darn right scary. When you have an open border and how easy it is to come through, I worry about these gotaways because you got to be a pretty bad person to not take advantage of a wide open border as it is now and still feel like you have to evade border patrol. I mean, as it is, it's so easy. They just give you a date and say, hey, come on back in nine years. I mean, you could be a bad person and no big deal. So you got to be a really bad one that you're even evading that loose system. And they estimate, again, 800 people a day. You think about what could happen with one or two really bad people, um, you know, from countries, as you brought up, like China or Iran or all these other places. So imagine what could happen if potentially, um, you know, uh, you know, 10 of them decided to, to do something in this country. And there's 800 a day that we have zero clue about. And even the ones we do have a clue about, we're not really keeping track of them. This is so dangerous mm-hmm. and so scary. And and that should keep not only the FBI director up at night, but I think every single American. And we need somebody who cares about our borders and our country. And I'm telling you what night and day it is from the way when President Trump handled it to what we're seeing now. I don't know of a single country. I can't name a single country that has wide open borders like ours. I mean, it's it's unfathomable, even like the loosest country in the world, you know, and the most liberal country in the world. I've had friends from some of these liberal countries and they're saying to me, Susan, they're like, are you kidding me? What is going on with America? Are you guys crazy? Like, like they, they're shocked and they should be. And, and all Americans should be because it is one day uh, and it may happen any day soon. Um, it is going to come back to bite us in a big, horrible way. And, and it could be for generations to come because those people get, they ingratiate into the communities. They get, you know, structure. They get jobs. That's what happened with the 9-11 hijackers. They came in. Some of them overstayed their visas. Uh, they got jobs. One of them went to flight school. Remember all that? And guess what? We know what happened. When they suddenly were activated, they all bandied together. No matter all the good things America did for them, they said, forget it. And then they did what they did, those horrible things to Americans on 9-11. And, and it, is, it is something that should keep all Americans up at night. And that's what you should think about. When you go to the voting booth, that is the number one priority. If this country is not safe, nothing else matters. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
Well, we are talking about the migrant crisis, and there is no doubt that President Trump knew how to handle the border. And all President Biden needed to do was just essentially walk in and continue those policies, the remain in Mexico policies. And even the Democrats, many of them admit that this president has not been effective on a lot of issues. I mean, if you look at the ratings, President Joe Biden has a 33% approval rating. And in the last few hours or so, we have seen David Axelrod, who was the right-hand advisor to President Biden, saying uh, there's a growing sense that Biden's not in command, you think? And then Van Jones, uh, who's a liberal commentator, you see him on CNN, says Biden doesn't inspire confidence. Uh, That's for sure. So they know they're in trouble, and they also see what we all see, that the American public is fed up with a lot of these policies and fed up with the messenger who keeps trying to spin yarn and nobody is buying it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Yaz, line two. Uh, Yaz, your thoughts about this? Hey, I'm on the air. Yes, you are. Go ahead, Yaz. Terrific. Listen, uh, first off, uh, with all due respect, I think you are so hot and beautiful, and I love your voice. Listen to you every uh, every night. You're here with my uncle. Uh, thank now, thank you, yes. And what about <laughs> Trump? What do you think about Trump? You know, uh, I think he's obnoxious, and he never thinks he does anything wrong. However, however, he's the man for the job, and, and when he says that— uh, a lot of these countries, and I think personally, uh, uh, countries from Central America. I, uh, I, listen, I know China, Africa, Middle East are coming over, but especially like with those uh, Venezuela, the dictators there, Cuba, and things like that, they are sending, all right, and, and Trump said it a long time ago, not the best people, but the thing, uh, uh, more specifically, Rita, uh, they are sending, they are emptying out their prisons. They are sending people rapists, murderers, they're sending, sending people with criminal histories, and also they're sending, they're emptying out their mental institutions. I don't know how their uh, institutions are over there in those countries, but they are sending mental people. Just the other day, you know, I, I went around to the grocery store, and there was a, uh, a, a Central American guy that was just flat on the floor. I'm in uh, Manhattan here, and I know how crime is and all that stuff, but there was a guy just drunk. Yeah, and, and by the way, that's the problem. Yeah, is that they are all over the place. We've heard of some of the crimes happening at some of the migrant shelters, so much so they're starting to put video cameras in those shelters because you want to keep them safe, but the community safe. Cosby is on. And the border was a huge issue when you saw President Trump do his victory speech last night. In New Hampshire, of course, then he goes on to Nevada, and then the next biggie, really, is South Carolina, and then Super Tuesday. 
And border protection, national security, international security, those are all huge issues. But overwhelmingly, the issue with specifically the border and migration overwhelmingly was ahead of all the other issues. In New Hampshire, we saw it in Iowa. You see it in the latest polls, also out of South Carolina. People were asking out of New Hampshire from the Republicans, what are the most important issues facing this country? 41% said immigration border economy was 31%. Foreign policy was 8%. So you look at the numbers and overwhelmingly, immigration is the biggest issue. That and, of course, as you see, second economy, inflation, things like that. But by far, people are worried about the border. And that's why last night, President Trump, when he got up on the stage, he had Tom Homan, the former ICE director, who I bet would probably be the next ICE director, go back to that position under President Trump. Uh, he's a great guy. We've had him here on the show. And this is what he had to say last night uh, when President Trump had just won New Hampshire, praising his former boss for sealing the border. I worked for six presidents, not Ronald Reagan, and every president I ever worked for did something to secure the border. But no one did more than President Trump, the most secure border in my lifetime. The most secure border we've ever seen. And Donald Trump's going to do it again. We're going to lock the border down, and we're going to protect Americans. Because what's happening at the border right now, record number of Americans have died from fentanyl poisoning. Record number of migrants have died. A record number of women and children have been sex trafficked. A record number of known suspected terrorists across the border. There's one man who's proven he can secure the border, and he's standing to my left, Donald J. Trump. He's going to do it again. And here is what President Trump had to say about that, too. You know, uh, I think we called it right. Immigration's a big deal, a big deal, a very big deal. We have millions and millions of people flowing into our country illegally. We have no idea who the hell they are. They come from prisons and they come from mental institutions and it's going to it's just killing our country. And I'm talking about millions and millions and millions. They are drug dealers. They're everybody. And they come in just like walking right through. There's nobody to check and there's nobody to vet. And that is the huge issue. We're not talking about legal Immigration. We are talking about people who have not been vetted, not been checked, and then in some cases get a parole date, if you will. That's what they call it, a court date, uh, for sometimes seven, eight, nine years. Uh, give me a break. By the way, this also comes, as we're just hearing, that New York City, uh, so far they came out and said since spring of 2022, 172,000 migrants have arrived in the five boroughs of New York City. And that the city has just finalized a $77 million contract with migrant families to be housed in 15 hotels. So the contract with the hotels across New York City. So 15 of them at $77 million, taxpayer dollars. So ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. I hope you're happy that your taxpayer dollars are going towards housing migrants in four-star hotels with room service and everything else, as we have seen such cold temperatures and a lot of homeless veterans, why are they not getting priorities first? There's a lot of people that I think would be deserving of that that are legal American citizens. And yet when Donald Trump last night, and this happened, by the way, after Iowa, 
after Iowa, when he started talking about the problems at the border, which is something clearly Americans care about. You see it in the polls. You see it everywhere. We all care about the migrant crisis and the cost on our city and our families and everything and the school systems. It is busting at the seams. So when he starts talking about the border and about the issues at the border, CNN and MSNBC cut away from him, just like they did in Iowa. That, to me, is unconscionable, that they're saying that they are sort of the barometers of truth and that they know truth and he doesn't. So when he starts talking about the border, they cut away going, oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, He's having this dangerous anti-immigrant talk. It's not dangerous anti-immigrant talk. It's we are in danger with an open border. We want to protect America. But I couldn't believe that CNN and MSNBC did their usual shenanigans that they did like they did after Iowa. That is outrageous. So here's a little bit of last night when Trump is speaking and listen to what aired on CNN and MSNBC. First off, this is Jake Tapper on CNN. He's the one who cut away the first time uh, in Iowa and said, oh, this anti-immigrant talk, it's so dangerous. It's horrible. Uh, And now he is appointing himself the arbiter of truth. Take a listen. I heard at least two or three things uh, that need fact checking. Uh, Daniel Dale. All right, uh, Daniel Dale, uh, if we'd run the whole speech, maybe you would have had more to do. Are you kidding me? So we're going to start fact-checking. We're just going to dump out after a minute because this guy, who was the former president of the United States and very likely maybe the next president of the United States, uh, doesn't deserve to be covered. What do you guys think about that? That is preposterous. How dare CNN and MSNBC say, oh, oh, oh our, our listeners don't have to hear this because... Uh, it's lies. It doesn't go in with our values. But yet they'll run President Biden in full without any fact checking. They are in the tank. And I've never seen it. It's embarrassing to me because he is a bona fide candidate. He was the former president of the United States. And you don't even give him the respect to hear his victory speech. And when he starts talking about immigration and border, which so many Americans care about, it's not worthy of being covered. And it's anti-immigrant. How dare you? You're anti-American if you care about an open border and you want to keep supporting an open border. Here's a little bit more of Jake Tapper, and this is exactly what he said uh, in Iowa. Listen to this, and this is what he did last night, too. We're going to seal up the border. Because right now we have an invasion. We have an invasion of millions and millions of people that are coming into our country. I can't imagine why they think that's a good thing. Donald Trump declaring victory with a historically strong showing in the Iowa caucuses. If these numbers hold the biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest, a relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under Under my voice, you hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Anti-immigrant rhetoric. How dare you? Because he cares about protecting the border and he's saying he wants to be safe and wants other Americans to be safe. That is anti-immigrant. That is the judgment. That is disgusting. And it reminds me so much of what they did with all the Hunter Biden stuff. Remember when all the Hunter Biden laptop stuff came out and they're like, oh, it's Russian collusion. And then Joe Biden was able to say that in the debate with President Trump. And then remember, even social media blacked out the New York Post. 
I mean, that to me is shameful. You are hurting voters. And there are people who came back after everything that happened with the election. And it came out that, of course, the laptop was correct, that it was real, uh, that the contents were real. Right. All that stuff came out and the New York Post was completely vindicated. And there were people in polls who said, God, if I had only known, I might not have voted for Joe Biden. And it was quite a bit percent enough that could have swayed the election. So how dare them doing the exact same thing they did last time to try to cancel out Trump and any of his message because they don't want people to listen to it. They don't want people to give him any credibility. They don't want anybody to vote for him. That is not journalism. That is being an advocate. They may as well just say they work for the Biden campaign. I would have a lot more respect for them. And here is Rachel Maddow on MSNBC with her shenanigans. Listen to this one. So this is part of the issue here. Uh, so Donald Trump saying that he won New Hampshire um, not only in previous primaries, but that he won New Hampshire in the general election um, is not true. So uh, the former president has opened his remarks tonight once again by proclaiming um, falsehoods. This is what makes it hard to take him, uh, his pronouncements live. We'll try again, though. Oh, and and Biden and every single little crazy story he says. Remember all the corn pop stories and all the things that he has said that have clearly not been true or have had 20 different versions? I don't remember them fact-checking him once. That, to me, is unconscionable. Because if people watch those channels, that's all they see. It's like, you know, it's like this is what happens in the Soviet Union when, like, an opponent... Uh, who's at Alexei Navalny? Remember who was uh, the opponent to Putin? What do they do with him? Oh, they try to lock him up. Sound familiar? Then they try to get him to disappear. Suddenly when he's talking on camera, the camera's cut out. What a coincidence. What are, where are they going to training? Uh, the Soviet Union? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm in Brooklyn. Norm, it really is disgusting. Yes, it's disgusting, Rita, and I absolutely sympathize with your position that what they're doing is disgusting. But it's clear it's clear that the legacy media have moved way, way beyond Walter Cronkite. And the, the people that the people that are watching MSNBC and CNN, that's what they want to hear. That's what they want to hear. I mean, I, I have clients and I know my client, she watches CNN and that's it. And, you know, she reads the New York Times. And if, if Trump's going to say something positive or something that'll make her, you know, that'll take her out of her little narrative in her brain, she'll get really angry. They get really, really angry. I mean, look, look, Rita, I'm at the point where I don't listen to any legacy media. I listen to WNBC, you know, WABC. I listen to your, you know, to the radio station. I read the post, but, you know, I, I read that with, you know, uh, some things, yes, some things, no. But, you know, I think are good. Some things are bad. But I don't I don't watch the I haven't watched television news or these news stations for at least four years. Anytime I get the desire to watch them, I put on uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> well, you probably would get a more honest accounting of what's happening in the world with the Beverly Hillbillies. You know, I lo- by the way, Jed Clampett, that was such a great show. I love that show. Um, oh, yeah, so, it's marvelous. So you, yeah, it's, you the can't great, go- it's the greatest show on earth. Yeah, forever. you can't go wrong with that. You know, that, that was you can't actually. can't go wrong with 
And by the way, uh, you, well, you might have more comedy maybe from that show uh, than MSNBC, but I think it's a pretty good competition. Uh, but Norm, how sad is that? Because it didn't used to be that way. And I, I firmly believe, listen, if you're going to have an opinion, you have a right to have an opinion. Don't sell yourself like uh, you are the beacon of journalism and with such disdain. It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like like anybody who supports Trump, it's like, ugh, or anything that he's saying, ugh. And meanwhile, you see Biden, it's like, that was the president. Uh, even if he fell down or he stumbled, they wouldn't even highlight it. It's like, oh, Mr. Eloquence. Uh, boy, uh, it, it is just so disgustingly transparent. And it saddens me as a journalist, Norm, because uh, they should call it out for what it, it is, partisan mm-hmm. coverage. And uh, and you're right. I think I'm going to start turning into the uh, the hillbillies because uh, the <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. Who was your favorite character there? Um, I do like Jethro, who's still alive. I like Max Bear. I mean, he's still uh He's still kicking. How old is Jethro now? How old is he? Because he was. Oh uh, man, he's like eighty. He's in his eighties. Yeah, he was good. He was good. I agree with you. He he was great. Norm, thank you. He played an idiot, but he was no idiot. No, exactly. Just like by the way, like uh, Mayberry. You know, I mean, Gomer Pyle. Uh, Remember, he was brilliant to play to be a great comedian. You gotta be brilliant, I think, in so many ways. Um, And I think uh, Jethro was right up there. That was one of my favorites too. I love Lucy. Too. How about I Love Lucy? Lucille Ball. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Norm, thank you. Uh, you're reminding me of so many great shows. Thank you very, very much. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And now let's go to our Support Our Hero segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment. And a really powerful story from Montgomery, Alabama. Veteran Purcell Johnson was part of the fight for the right to fight. Johnson wasn't only a Marine, he was a Monford Point Marine. Monford Point served as the first training site for African-American Marines and was over 300 miles from Paris Island, where the white soldiers trained back then. Uh, Michael Allen, who served in the Marine Corps for 26 years as well, as being the son of one of the first African-American drill instructors at Monford Point, said these guys broke down the doors for people like me and my brother and all of us to follow. Had it not been for them... I may not have been in the Marine Corps. They came in and broke down the walls of discrimination and prejudice. And despite the racial struggles at the time, Purcell Johnson would go on to be promoted as high as sergeant. Although he sadly is not alive to see this, his part in a trailblazing part of history earned himself a congressional gold medal, and that was honored on Saturday. Uh, The granddaughter of a Monford Point Marine of another one said today is an incredible, unbelievable day. Every time we see a Monford Point Marine recognize it just fills our hearts. These men are so meaningful to all of us. The medal was posthumously accepted by veteran Purcell Johnson's. Get this, his 104-year-old sister, who herself is a congressional gold medal recipient. What a beautiful, incredible story. And uh, veteran Purcell Johnson, by the way, served in the Marines 
during World War II from 1943 to 1946. And boy, what an accomplished, amazing man. You can get more details, by the way, at MonfordPointMarines.org to find out more about these incredible men and women. And everybody, we love honoring the military here on the Rita Cosby Show. Be sure to support America's military and first responder heroes. All you have to do is donate just $11 a month to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to T2T.org. That's T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, the media cutting out when President Trump starts criticizing our wide open, dangerous southern border. That is dangerous to not have Americans be able to discuss that, to hear who could be the next president of the United States and the former president of the United States. What is words don't matter. That is outrageous. Let's go to Tony line five. Tony, your thoughts about all of this. Hi, Rita Cosby. Great show tonight. So what I want to say is that what we've heard from the people in Iowa and in New Hampshire who are really doing a stunning job of showing the world what they see is that the border is really the most eminent, dangerous, thing for our country. You know, in the immediate sense, we never know what can happen, you know, threat threats wise, you know, and, and people could get hurt and danger. And we also are seeing right before our eyes, Rita, our country crumbling, our infrastructure, our monetary, the value of our wages. There's a really big study that's being done. I spoke to Dick Morris, who's amazing. And him and I talked about that. We are being devalued in America. And the question is, why don't the Democratic Party want to address this? And we've gone through it. But America has to realize that pretty soon, Rita, people will be coming into our homes because we can't afford to pay the bills. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just told you what New York City, Tony, isn't that amazing? They just signed a $77 million contract with 15 hotels. There, there's no end in sight with the migrants. And they're going to keep coming, you know, when they hear freebie, freebie, freebie. Um, it, it is. I, I agree with you that there. It is so dangerous, and what scares me is we. I really do believe we will feel the repercussions of this for generations because they'll infiltrate. They'll come into the country. Um, you know, it just takes a few bad ones out of what could be many good ones. But if you don't protect your border, you don't vet them, and you don't clear who really should be here and who shouldn't, and it's a small percentage who really qualify. Uh, you are asking for trouble. And sadly, that's what scares me. I love this country, and I want us to all stay safe. Uh, Tony, thank you. And I love Dick Morris, too. Thank you very much. Let's go to Phil, uh, line two. Phil, your thoughts, my friend. Good evening, Rita. Yeah, Trump is Trump is the man, it seems. But there's one problem. I, I, I pray to God he gets elected, and he will. But he's, you know what the problem is? He's going to spend three and a half, four years just trying to bring this country back to half way normal it's going to take that long you've got the, the the pipelines you've got you've got the economy you've got illegal immigration you've got crime you've got problems in big cities 
it's 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 going to what do we do after Trump? You know, the next four years after Trump, we're going to go back to the Democrats because everything will be all nice and cleaned up. Although you never know. That's Phil. You bring up a good point. That's why it's important who he picks as VP, because then they could carry on the message.